I'm Charlie Keegan. I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Paul Thorpe. I'm Adam Pendlebury. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. I must admit, I came off that ground last night after the Coventry game. I was absolutely buzzing. Enjoyed myself so much. Got down to the stadium, cheered the lads on. They put a performance in. We played some decent football for staff. Second half, there was a lot of spirit and passion. I loved it. Just run through the stats. Final score, one apiece. Possession with 49% to Coventry's 51. Attempts, 10 with 5 on target for the Latics. Coventry, 18 with 7 on target. We won the corner count 6-4. We also kicked them more than they kicked us with 18 fouls committed by us and 11 by Coventry. And we picked up a yellow card apiece. They're equal for the Latics. And the attendance was 11,014 with 1,465 away fans coming up, which I thought was a decent effort. An interesting stat that we could throw in each week touches in the opposition box because I think it's something that we were lacking last night because the football we played, some of those triangles, one-touch football, it was absolutely brilliant. And I guess it created the space for those two excellence and army shots he was getting in the right areas. We were really getting into the positions. It's just that little final bit, you know, the, the icing on the cake that we just can't quite quite get right and it's so frustrating because the football was of such a high standard last night I really enjoyed watching the build up play and how confident our defenders were playing it out Christ had a good first half didn't he as well there was one move in particular in the first half down our right hand side which involved Chris Sinane and Tendai Dariqua and it was like you say it was like it was just pinging ping 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 where's that come from? Confidence they, they picked up confidence if you notice Max Power wasn't pointing last night because people were already moving into the right spots. Well, the blow behind me will disagree with you because he kept tapping <laughs> me on the shoulder saying he's pointing again. I think one thing that can't go unsaid from last night is how good we were out of possession in the first half. We were hunting in packs and, and closing the ball down and winning it back. Not so much early on in the second half, but in that first half, we were, we were absolutely spot on. Like I say, it was a real enjoyable watch, wasn't it? A contributory factor to the second half was they made a couple of substitutions at half-time and switched it round, and I think they caught on our back foot a little bit. But did you find them stats, Charlie? Can't really find touches in the box, but I did find the shots in the first half and where we got them from. Obviously, we had the eight shots in the first half. They all came within the first sort of half an hour and four of them were inside the box and four of them were outside the box but I can't remember exactly the game but it was like two or three games ago and if you remember we didn't have a shot inside the opposition box until the 70th minute and in this game we were right at them so I was very impressed with Daniel Sanani doing them little dinks over the top that he was doing little through balls uh, Chris T he was was really pressing forward I thought Will Keane was getting into good areas so I was very impressed with that first first half For myself it was Sinani's best game for us when we signed him that's what I expected him to bring every week but he was just so involved last night he were good on the ball they've not got a bad little midfielder have they you know the officials again the offside decisions in the second half when he just let them go he was they were two yards offside on three occasions but that first half couple of good chances there from Sinani there's one which skimmed right across the surface and, and the keeper just knocked it around the post I'm, I, I'm still buzzing how we didn't how we didn't score when there was Keane and somebody else in at the near post it was Lang that got the ball across and the keeper was down for quite a while at that point how we didn't put the ball in the net there 
there, I've got no idea. It was a really exciting game, really positive. And for the people who didn't go last night, well, you missed a cracker, is what I'd say. One apiece. Sean Malone has kept his, his record of not having been defeated at home this season. And when you think of the record of the other managers, forget Rob Kelly, Liam Richardson, who we all love, and Cole Oturi, who we didn't, appalling home records. And he's turned it round. I think we've got ourselves a little gem there. His positivity has rubbed off on me, definitely. You know, if you said, are we going down? I'd say yes. But you don't know, though, do you? You don't know. No, I'm not. I definitely am not. If they're playing like that, you cannot write them off yet. You know, we all know the first rule of football is you don't write Latics off. Because as soon as you do, they surprise you. If we get something something out of Watford and then... You know, keep your eye next. You just never know where you go from there, do you? We did say we wanted a shock result as well. So if we'd have got the three points last night, that would have been the shock result. And we'd all been saying, if we can just get three points out of one of these teams that we're playing, and then we have games that are winnable to the back end of the season. So it does look like we're going to get a points deduction on Thursday, Friday, maybe. But there's still time. Look at QPR. They just got battered 6-1. Teams are starting to get crumble uh, starting to crumble at the minute so Cardiff are losing right now it's, it's still all open and it will it will be until mathematically impossible of course it is what do I you make of the team selection again we played with three at the back the three centre backs Ryan Niambi on the left do you think it's a fitness issue with Pierce or do you think there's other issues there I actually think Niambi was very good actually I mean sometimes it, you know it comes across differently I mean I have to admit I did watch it on TV and sometimes you get a different viewpoint of it. I thought Niambi was a lot better than he was in previous games and I thought he played really well. Give him credit for that last night. I mean, the Pierce one, is he a left centre-back? He did come on there, I think, against uh, Blackburn, didn't he, with the injury, but I'd rather him personally be a wing-back, but he doesn't seem to want to incorporate him. The only, the only time we've seen him there isn't really a game we can look at because it was Burnley. And he never got on the ball, did he, in advanced areas? Because we really, really got into them. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't really have a major issue with his team selection. Good to see Christ back in there having a good first half. But I, somewhere in the back of my mind thinks that he's carrying a niggle because he doesn't he doesn't seem to be able to get through the game. I think somewhere he's got that little bit of a niggle. Maybe, a, what was he called? The winger that we had a couple of seasons ago that was playing on one leg. Ottobar. Solomon Ottobar. <laughs> Solomon Ottobar, yeah. Well, but yeah, he seems to be, to me at the moment, he must have that little bit of a niggle because Maloney said it was tactical change, but... I don't know. I thought he was playing superb football in the first half. There's a definite pattern, isn't there, of starting with Dorico and Nyambi and then bringing Pierce on. So I don't know whether he whether he feels he can get at them later on when they're tired or something. I don't know. There's definitely something going on. It's not just fitness, is it? There's definitely a bit more to it than that. He made the change uh, on 61 minutes. It was, it was a goal down by this stage with uh, Jokeres. And to be fair to you know, to, to Coventry. They were in the game very much at that stage. It looked like they might go on and add another. So we had to do something different. Uh, and he brought on Hasgard, McGuinness and Pierce. And he took off T. Height, Dariqua and Fletcher. And it, it did shuffle the pack round a little bit. That That's when Niambi moved over to the right-hand side as well. When we first brought those subs on for the first 10, 10 15 minutes, I thought it looked very, very open. I think Co- Coventry, very good playing through the lines and we didn't have enough there to stop that like we did in the first half. We didn't really have the energy, the fitness and all, all the all the manpower because most of them were up front. But we hung in there with some excellent last gas defending, a couple of good saves from Amos. It, as a result of that, we're still in the game with 10 minutes to go and then 
you know, we've got all those forward players on the pitch. And I think it was just coming on to the goal in a moment. It was sheer numbers, wasn't it? We had so many numbers there in the attack that we had an opportunity. I think we switched from, from like three, five, one, whatever, to one, nine. <laughs> it was, we were still looking what was going on when, when that last substitution was being made. Charlie White was coming on. We thinking, oh, Charlie White's coming on. Who's going off? Is he going to take Keane off? Oh, no, he's not taking Keane off. Is he going to take Power off? No, he's not taking Power off. And then Calker's number goes up and the centre-half goes off. And you're thinking, we're, we're playing with one centre-half and he's 19 years of age. At one stage, I saw Charlie Hughes stood on the halfway line. This is before we'd scored waving his arms frantically to the rest of the team because he was marking two players. But we we went for it, and it's I thought it's, it was brilliant. That is, if you if we're going down, we're going down fighting, and that's what you want to see. And I was absolutely delighted with that last night. The thing is, with that, that's how you suddenly get a bit of luck from somewhere and then start to get a bit of momentum from somewhere and how the great escapes start. Well, that's what I'm hoping anyway. <laughs> Because, I mean, let's face it, if we get out of this, especially with a, if we, a points deduction comes, it's going to be a hell of a ride, isn't it, if we get out of it from here? So, yeah, let's enjoy the ride. I think as far as the uh, points deduction is concerned, it's going to be announced on Thursday, and this is Wednesday night, and I think we know it's going to be announced. So let's just take it as, you know, there's not three points off. We'll have to make them back. We're going to get them back. Don't worry. We'll get them back on Saturday. So the goal, I bet Niambet is pulling out what little lure he's got left because... <laughs> He's played, he's played 750 games and never scored a goal. As if for Blackburn Rovers or Wigan Athletic, he's never scored a goal. And then he charges into the area, he raffles one across, it ends up in the back of the net, and all right, they decided it took a wicked deflection of McFadzine and, and awarded it to him. But I'm gutted for him. Did you notice something else about what happened after the goal, though, which, again, was quite impressive? No celebration, get back. No celebration whatsoever. Not one player celebrated. They just sprinted back to, to the halfway yeah. line, they, going for they the one. They ambid it celebrate, because he knew he, he wasn't going to get the goal. To be fair, it was another, in a way, nosebleed. Even Derek, were, they can get into them positions. As soon as they get there, they're clueless about what to do. So... I mean, for me, though, he should have been shooting. It started with Pace, didn't it, on the left? And then he tried to whip one of his balls, and I think it was a little bit too short, and then the header came out to Keane. And Keane had been doing this for a bit in the game where he'd find a bit of space on the edge of the box, not really facing goal, but he'd still try and take a shot. And when he was about to square it, I thought, don't take a shot here. And then the space opened up for Niambe and he gave it to him. And you could see McGuinness and Wyke in the middle. And I think he was trying to get it get it to him. And Wyke had a bit of a, a flick with his head, trying to do a bit of a feint. Yeah, talking about uh, wanting to score another barrier, did they, did they pick the ball up and run back to the centre circle? They did indeed. Charlie Wyke snatched the ball and sprinted off. He did, yeah. The keeper went down as well with an injury, didn't he? There was like a bit of a... I can't remember if it was a 1-0 down or 1-0 down. 1-0 down, was... I yeah, 1-0 down. We just brought Lang. Lang on and he was running down the right wing and, and swung the ball in. I think Will Keane tried to get something to it, but also caught... I, can't, I don't know if Will Keane caught the keeper or if the defender caught the keeper, but he was down for a little bit, yeah. The defender caught him. So so the, he was down there, wasn't he? That seemed like a quite, a quite a long time. He booked two players in the second half. There were two goals scored and there were about seven substitutions and he added a grand total of four minutes on <laughs> 
which yeah. he didn't play a second over. The blinking officials are so frustrating. Andy Woolmer, he's 55. He's been around for years. So Sean will only do when they give his post-match, he looks a little bit less fraught, shall we say. He was genuinely proud of, of his lads. Yeah, I mean, he also said, he accepted that we were better in the first half than the second. But we kept battling in the second, I think kept going and I think I think that's what he's proud of, the fact that we keep going even if the other side is is taking charge of the game. Our man of the match, Paul, nineteen year old centre back, number thirty two, as voted for by our listeners on both Facebook and Twitter, the man of the match, Charlie Hughes. Just on Charlie Hughes as well, we haven't mentioned it so far, but how good was that clearance off the line where Sean Maguire went around Ben Amos and then Charlie Hughes cleared it right off the line. That, that was early on, I think, in the game, but he was uh, obviously alive to it. As soon as Sean Maguire went around, Amos, he thought, I'll get to the goal line just in case, and, and obviously he saved it. So, I was no, very impressed. He was well-deserved man of the match. I thought he did brilliant. And the conditions last night were awful as well, weren't they? I mean, it was like playing in the Arctic at, at some point. I was going home afterwards on the bridge. I thought, what's going on here? It was like a snail's pace going over. <laughs> But oh, it had snowed yeah. and froze. It, it yeah. was like an ice rink. So the top layer of the bridge caught me out. I nearly went on my backside, but I just managed to stop it. Right, on Saturday, we've got a chance to pick three points up. We're away at Watford. Now, I, I know people say, what are you talking about? And they had a good win against Birmingham. But if you look at the recent form, they've not been in good form over the past few weeks. Uh, they've brought in Chris Wilder. They've only brought him until the end of the season as well, which is typical Watford. So they do have problems. I've managed today to speak with Justin Beatty from the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes Watford podcast. Absolutely brilliant podcast. I'm on it this week. I love I love chatting with them. Anyway, we had a good chat this, this afternoon, so I'll have a little listen to what was said. Saturday, we're off down to Vickery's Road for the last game before the international break to play Watford. And I'm pleased to say from the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes Watford podcast we're joined by justin how are you doing justin very good barry very good mate nice to speak to you again you've just had a change of manager chris wilder's come in to be honest with you i, I was a little bit surprised well i wasn't surprised that you'd sack your manager but i was a bit surprised in, in the choice of manager it, was he somebody you'd have picked that's a very good question i don't know i think probably yes i think probably yes you need someone that knows the the, uh, the league and that's not to say that slav didn't but rob edwards didn't look at how he's doing now I, I think yeah i think that's probably the right decision but it, it's you don't get uh, surprises at managers' sackings at Watford anymore. It's something that happens. You get very, very used to it. You kind of get a bit numb to it. You, you end up with a load of messages from other people going, sack the other manager. Yeah, thanks. But yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of people that were kind of saying about Slav, his time is up. He's not going to get us any further. And I think that was probably right. Let's see how Wilder gets on. I mean, we got one loss and one win. Uh, the win last night against Birmingham was quite good. The team actually looked as though they were playing well. Birmingham, it could be argued, weren't a, a great opposition. But yeah. Yeah, I think I think if we are going to make a push, then we probably have got the right person in charge at the moment. Yeah, are you still within a shot of making the playoffs? I think we are. Sort of mathematically, it's it's all to do now with form. The team with the form tends to go into the playoffs and win it. You've got to feel so- sorry for whoever ends up third because obviously Burnley are champions. I mean, that's that's a given. I think, and you've got Sheffield United and Middlesbrough that are kind of duking it out, and one of those guys are going to end up in the playoffs. So that's really unfair because they've had a great season, and it could be someone like us creeping up and then we knock them out and win the playoffs now are we in with a shout yes i think we are but it's a more of a a a quiet shout rather than a yell i think do i want to go up is a different question because there's going to be some massive clear outs 
whichever division we're in. We've got a lot of lone players, a lot of <laughs> elderly players, and a lot of players that are going to have to be sold to balance the books as well. So I think we're going to end up with a different squad next season. So uh, if we go up, that would be massively entertaining to see who we're going to have as, as, as players. Yeah, so to, in answer to your question, without me waffling on, Barry, I think we are in touching distance of the playoffs. There's a bunch of clubs there, isn't there? I mean, I, I ain't mentioning this, but Luke and Luke nailed on. Yeah. To get in the play, I had to draw that one in for you, for you lads. But you've <laughs> got yourselves, Coventry, West Brom, Millwall, all pushing to yeah. get in there. So it's on the outside looking in, it's quite an interesting uh, scenario to, to look at. Do you, while there's a point where do you think that was made specifically to try and get you into the playoffs? Yeah. I think so. I don't think he's. I think the contract runs out at the end of the season. So it's there's 11 games. They're all cup finals. Get on with it. Uh, I don't think there's any thought of keeping him on next season. So I definitely think that's what that appointment was. Yeah. Well, that's why why I was a bit surprised with it because it took, I was a bit surprised that Watford would go for a Chris Wilder type. You always seem to be going for the eccentric, the flamboyant types. And and look where that gets us. I mean, it's kind of a bit yo-yo-ish and they only last six months. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have had some flamboyant managers for sure. Cisco Munoz was very flamboyant. Uh, we've also had some very dour ones. Uh, Vladimir Rivich, goodness me, if that man cracked a smile, it was a rare day. So I think, listen, we have had we have had uh, an English manager within the last year, Roy Hodgson, absolutely reviled by the Watford fans, has left a very sour taste in our mouths. <laughs> um, so uh, we have tried that in the past. But I think, I mean, yeah, I think this has to be the right appointment. To be honest with you, I, I, I think bringing in another unknown flamboyant manager was a a, a a bit of a risk. I think Chris Wilder's probably the right man. Keeping on that theme, you played at QPR, you lost, he had a chance to look at the team. Did he make any changes for last night's game against Birmingham? And if so, how did you line up and what was different? Uh, there were some differences. We had Chowdhury suspended, Saar injured, so he brought in Bakuna. And he, I think he was sort of playing two up front, but it, it kind of wasn't. It was kind of really only Keenan Davis on his own up front. But what's been happening is that Jao Pedro under Billich and at QPR has been playing far too deep. He's playing in his own half. And that's just, there's no point having Jao Pedro playing in his own half. You've got to get him forward. So last night he was getting forward more. So those were, those were the changes. And then he actually made some fairly decent substitutions. He brought on Britta Sombolonga, who, you know, the Watford fans are going, really? Britta Sombolonga? He scored a goal. It was a bizarre goal, though. Yeah, I mean, it was a couple of changes from QPR. I would imagine we're going to be playing the same lineup on Saturday against you as we did last night, I would think. I'm sorry for pressing, but Sean Malone has asked me to get as much information as I can. Has he now? So that's what right. I'm trying to do. Yeah. I get you. It's three at the back, five in the middle, two up top, generally. But it kind of looks a little bit more diamondish than that in, in playing phases. But it will be a, yeah, it'll be wing backs and three at the back, two up front. One of our former players is in, in Watford's squad, but he's not, he's not seen to have played quite a lot. Just, I'm sure a lot of Latics fans will be wondering how Tom Cleddle is getting along. He, he was great for us. I've seen his played, but he's only, I think he's only played for, made four appearances this season. Tom came to us originally on loan from United in 2009, and he won player of the season. And then, obviously, he went away and he did his other things, and then he came back to us, I think, in 2015. He's one of those players that is very valuable to the squad. However, he is in advancing years of his career now, and he scored a goal against Burnley. I think it was Burnley. I'm pretty sure it was Burnley. Uh, and in the celebrations, injured himself, and we didn't see him again for months. And then he came back and injured himself in a warm-up. 
So yeah, four games this season, probably no more this season. And I, I don't know. I think don't think he's going to be playing very much for Watford anymore. I think he's probably at the advanced stages of his career now. So love him to death. I mean, you know, he's one of those guys that gives 100%. He was our captain. He pops up with the odd important goal every now and then. Done it against Arsenal years ago. <laughs> Seems like years ago. And he, uh, he did it against Burnley. So he is one of those players that will pop up with the odd, you know, very crucial goal. But yeah, sadly, I think we may have seen the end of Tom Cleverley at Watford. Pity that because he, he well liked by fans of all clubs that he's played for. Right, we move on to Saturday. I've been desperately trying to pick your brains about Watford and how you're going to line up. Now I'm going to pick your brains to see how you think the game will finish. Give us a prediction, Justin, please. Well, I think when I spoke to you earlier on in the week, I went for a 1-1 because um, we'd just lost to QPR and we hadn't played Birmingham. However, last night, there was something that had obviously clicked with Wilder and they started playing properly and they actually looked like a goal threat. So I think we're probably going to win now after that. I don't, I don't, this is a bad thing about making predictions, isn't it? They come back to haunt you. But I think if we play like we did last night, there's no reason why we can't beat you 2-0, 3-0, so I'll go for a 2-0 to be comfortable and safe. But uh, having said that, you know, sometimes teams like Wigan come to Watford and they tear us apart. So I'll go for a 2-0, but, you know, that's with fingers crossed. Fantastic having you on, Justin. Thank you very much. I wish you all the best for the rest of the season. Bless you, Barry. Thank you, mate. It's been a pleasure. The thing I don't understand with Watford fans is he said there that Slavin Village couldn't take them any further. And I kind of get what he means because it was a little bit stale, but how will they know? They never they never seem to have a manager long enough to know if they can take them any further. I don't think there was a manager in the last the last four managers have done a full season, have they? Maybe since Roy Hodgson was the last long-term one. But they're a, they're a side that I think should always be trying to push for promotion. And it just seems that if they're anything off it, they're ready to to pull the trigger and, and go back. But like you said, they've not been in the best form recently. Over the last six games, they've won two, drawn two, lost two, scored seven, conceded five and kept two clean sheets. Last time they beat Birmingham City 3-0 at Vicarage Road. But before that, I think it was Chris Wilder's first game. They lost 1-0 to Queen's Park Rangers, who've just been battered 6-1 by Blackpool. So a bit inconsistent. They currently sit 10th in the Skybet Championship with 54 points. Latics have 33 in comparison. That's without the without the points deduction. They're obviously managed by Chris Wilder since March 7th, 2023. And so far this season, they've played 37 matches, won 14, drawn 12 and lost 11. They've scored 44, conceded 39, and have got a goal difference of plus five. They've kept 14 clean sheets this season. At Vicarage Road, where we're going to be playing them, they have played 18, won 9, drawn 5, and lost 4, scored 27, conceded just 16, and kept 8 clean sheets. So overall, they've picked up 32 of their 54 points at home, which is much better than their away form, where they've picked up just 22 of 54. Obviously, they want to go for promotions through the playoffs. I think it's going to be very, very difficult to to get there. There's a lot of teams. I think, Barry, like you said on the on the interview there, Luton are in the run, Millwall are in the run, Blackburn. So it's going to be hard. Yeah, if, if they do go up or if they don't, a huge clear out for next season. But this season, they've got a lot of good players. I think the top player is Ishmael Asar, who I think is actually injured. But you know, they bought him for 30 million. So it shows that Watford have, have got a lot of money to spend this year. Ken Seymour is the next player on my list. He's 29, Swedish, left midfielder, 31 games played this season, five goals and seven assists. They got him from Ostersund in July 2018 for about £2 million. They've also got João Pedro, who's 21, Brazilian centre forward. I think he came in as a replacement for Richarlison and 28 games this season, nine goals and two assists. He is one assist away from equaling last season's tally and he's played 10 less games. So he is in fine form this season. 
And then you've got Keenan Davis, who is on loan from Aston Villa, 25 English centre-forward, 27 games a season, five goals and no assists. It's the second time that he's hit five goals in a season. He did it at Notts Forest last season, but he also got two assists and he scored last time out against Birmingham. So they're not in amazing form. And if we are going to try and get a bit of a shock result, then they may well be a team that we can do it against. Well, let's have ref watch. The referee will be Graham Scott from Oxfordshire. 55-year-old has been a football league referee since 2008 and a select group one referee since 2015. Graham Scott's been in charge of three Latix games. The last one was back in August 2016, which was our 3-0 home win over Blackburn. His last Watford game came last season in the Premier League. A card watch for him. So far this season, Graham Scott's taken charge of 17 games, including five in the Premier League. Um, he's issued 50 yellows, four reds, and he's awarded five penalties. He's taken charge of seven championship games this season, and none have ended in a home win. There have been four draws and three away wins. And that's Graham Scott, the lucky mascot, for Saturday's trip to Watford. So we've met Watford 17 times, five wins, five draws and seven defeats. The first meeting was in January 1990, which was the third round of the FA Cup. It was a 1-0 defeat at Vicarage Road. This looks promising because we've never won away at Watford, drawing three and losing five of the eight games we've played. The one that sticks in mind for me was actually a game that wasn't ended. I think in our Premier League second season, I think it was. We were in a terrible run at the time and uh, I think the game got abandoned at, at one all. We may well have drawn the return match as well that season. The reverse fixture this season saw us lose 1-0 at the DW Stadium. Story of our season, probably slightly the better side, but they were more clinical. Back over to Barry for his predictions for this game, Elton John versus Talal. We did draw the uh, rearranged fixture and it was Caleb Fallen who scored the goal for us in a one-all draw. Do you know what I've just got? I had a sneaky feeling I was going to win last night 1-0 and... If we had to concede the goal down our right-hand side, as, as we seem to do every week, uh, we probably would have done. So I'm going to go again for us to win the game by one goal to nil. I, we've got It's got to come right sometime. I'm going for a 1-0 Latix win. We see Justin's 2-0 slash 3-0 to Watford. We don't be as arrogant as that. We say 2-0 to Latix. I think that if we can play with that sort of intensity again, maybe not a, a 1-0-9 formation from the start, but if we can still keep our attacking press, maybe Tom Pace, stick him out on the left wing back position, let him get some crosses in. I'm going to go with 2-1 again. I think we, we can do it. And I think that, you know, it's just all about pressure and, and mentality. If we do get the points deduction, can't let it get to us. We just need to keep going. So the big question is, after this game, will we still be standard? Will we be calling it the Blues? I'm going to say we'll still be standing. I'm still standing anyway. So I'm going to go for a 1-0 win. We've got to win sometime. We hadn't won in Stoke till 2004. And then we won in Stoke. It happened. All positive predictions there. Before we do move on, just got to mention the staff haven't been paid yet. So from what we was hearing earlier last week, it was going to be Thursday, which is probably when most people will be listening to the podcast. So hopefully that's been rectified and we can get some clarity as to what happened and why it's happened and why it won't be happening again. And hopefully that's going to come out before our next podcast. Pictures for the weekend. Blackpool face Coventry. Millwall face Huddersfield. QPR take on Birmingham. 
and Rotherham play Cardiff. So until Sunday, when we'll be back with a reaction to the Watford game and a look ahead to the international break, we'll, we'll see you on Sunday. So until then, the six and come on. Of the six. Come on. <laughs>